Hi, this is Sweet Reads with NKU. My name is Sarah. My name is Caroline. And my name is Trinity. And today we are going to talk about the book we just read. It's called The Deepest South of All, True Stories from Natchez, Mississippi, and it's by Richard Grant. One of the things we do with every podcast, and another reason we are called Sweet Reads with NKU, is we eat lots of treats while we're talking. So today, we have kind of a hodgepodge of things going on. We have Oreo cupcakes, chocolate donuts, Oreo cookies, peanut butter cookies, and chocolate chip granola bars. Don't judge us. <laughs> it's quite the banquet this time it is. compared to last time. <laughs> So before we get started, I just want to point out that there are a lot of names and places and things in this book that are from different cultures and different languages, and I apologize if we do not pronounce them all correctly. And we also kind of want to put a trigger warning here at the beginning because we are going to talk about some sensitive topics that are brought up in the book. So, Natchez, Mississippi. I honestly did not know this was a real place. I've Me never either. heard of it. I haven't either. But Apparently, I, there were a lot of civil rights um, activities going mm-hmm. on in Natchez as well. Yeah. yeah. And I was really surprised. Like, I guess I shouldn't be, but it's one of those things. And, like, we'll probably talk more about it later where it's like we don't learn all the details and, like, all the, you know, important things. Like, I feel like in K through 12 school, it's just kind of your basic, like, Oh, the Revolutionary War, yay, America, Civil War, slavery, bad, you know, it's Confederates, like, bad. Yeah, like Abraham Lincoln, good. You know, it's like mm-hmm. all, it's very mm-hmm. like whitewashed, watered down. It's skimmed completely. It is, it is. Like, I don't even think in the school I went to that we even got to like the civil rights, except for like Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. We would talk about Martin Luther King, right. Rosa Parks, yep. you know, and like you're very... Like the people and these you hear. are these are really like easy to digest people too. Right. Rosa Parks was really easy to digest because she was a nonviolent boycott protester. So mm-hmm. was Martin Luther King. He really stressed peaceful protest, which you know in itself is a good concept to have. It is one of the angles that was necessary for the civil rights in the '60s to kick off, um, and also to get a lot of national attention as he had had being the symbol. <laughs> symbolic person that he was, the symbolic leader for the thing. It's just that, you know, we, like with this book, I think this was a really good book to read to get like a really narrow, like this is the one town where so much of it, so much of the history of slavery has echoes still to this day, as well as, you know, everywhere else in America. But we would, we got like a really nice lens into the rich white elite and what they thought about, what they think about slavery and, you know, how they benefit from it as well as you know the african-american people that we also got to read about no i agree i think it was like a really good like little town to just kind of get this like whole viewpoint on because i've been to places in this like we went on vacation a few years ago and it was glenwood gardens i don't know if you guys have ever heard of that Um, Mm -hmm. but it's not too far from myrtle beach we went to myrtle beach Mm -hmm. And my in-laws wanted to go to Glenwood Gardens. I guess they had been before on a different vacation. And it is an old plantation. Mm -hmm. And they've turned it into basically like this. It's like 
I mean, a garden, that's what it's called. But is it like a venue type? Kind of. I think I may have heard of it's, it, actually. And it's beautiful. You know, it has like the very like dramatic trees that you picture and it has lots of flowers mm-hmm. and you kind of walk around and it's all different plants and, you know, shrubs and statues and different things like that. But it is very straight, like a strange feeling mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. way, not a lot of it is actually left, like the original houses and different things. But they had like the original kitchen mm-hmm. house and like some things, but they don't really talk about any of it. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, pretty flowers, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just very strange. And I don't know if it's just like me as a history student, where it's like I go to certain places and I'm like, oh, knowing uh, the you know area I mean? that it is that it is in and also definitely knowing that the family can't have not been plantation owners yeah just knowing a little bit having the eyes you know to look at it and be like yeah this is the gist of what this who this family was and especially like in the area that they were the era that they were growing up in but not hearing anybody talk about it so i guess that's kind of the weirdness of going to that place right that location is you know that the history of slavery is there but and you know and you can see the visual evidence of it in the houses and you can see the slavery the slave houses being off to the side on the property too but just kind of but nobody really addresses it you know you're kind of expected to walk around these locations but not bring it up and kind you kind of have to like gloss over it and look kind of avert your eyes a little bit in a way yeah there's actually in the town that I'm from, Bardstown, Kentucky, there is a former plantation home that today is used as like a wedding venue and like like a you know bridal shower venue, all kinds of stuff. And I went there through my elementary school several times as a kid, um, but I didn't really necessarily understand the impact of it. But on one tour through the house. Um, we actually went into the basement, which is where the slaves of the plantation lived. And it's it was so heavy, even as a kid. I just knew it was very heavy because um, there's still, like, you know, art on the walls that was, you know, painted or added whenever, you know, the slaves occupied the basement. And it was just, you know, and then there's other, um, you know, houses on the property where, you know, slaves were were kept. And um, it's just a very, you know, as with uh, the Glenwood Gardens, is that what it is? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it the, all of that is kind of just glossed over. On the tour, they're like, here's this thing. Okay, let's go back upstairs. Look at the pretty art and pretty architecture yeah. and learn about, you know, the history of the white family that lived here. And that, you know, is disappointing. Well, I think that's really like... He talks about that over and over again in the book. You know, Grant basically says, like, that is exactly how Natchez basically Mm -hmm. runs their town. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I think he said they have, like, the greatest amount of the antebellum homes Mm -hmm. in the South. And it's very, you know, like, they have literally made their town a tourist attraction of people coming and seeing these beautiful, you know, plantations and mansions and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And then, like, he taught, you know, we'll talk about it more later, but he talks about a lot of the women and the families he talks to. And when he asks them about, you know, their ancestors owning slaves, you know, or anything about that on their property or anything, they're just kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, or they blow it off. I think, I don't remember what the lady's name was. He didn't talk about her very long in the book, but at one point he talks about a lady and he asks her, she was in one of the garden clubs, and she basically, like, blows him off. And she's like, well... They were our servants. Or she, like, she calls them something Mm -hmm. else. Like, she doesn't say, you know, like, yes. She's just like, well, they were our servants, and we treated them nicely. Yeah. Yeah. She she makes sure that she tries to let um, the author know, like, yeah, we treated them nicely, though. We weren't like the other um, plantation owners. Definitely not here in Natchez. Everybody in Natchez is nice, but maybe in other places they were mistreating their slaves. But we had servants, you know, because... They were happy here. They, they liked it here. It made mm-hmm. me think of a video, kind of off topic really quick. I seen one time on like YouTube or TikTok, and it is a lady, and it's a guy. I don't know if you guys have ever seen him. I can't think of his name. But he goes to like Trump rallies and like different, like very like far conservative like get togethers, and he'll ask them certain questions. And he like asked this lady about, you know, like I, I don't remember what they're protesting or they're there for. But it has something to do with like slavery. And he is like, you know, well, like, what do you think about that? Or I think it was the Confederate flag. You know, he's like, don't you think that's like disrespectful? And, you know, in terms of slavery and, you know, all these other things. And she's like, well, you know, they weren't treated that badly. And she goes on <laughs> and on about how, you know, her family you know they were they were nice to them and they were like part of the family google chattel slavery yeah and you'll see otherwise <laughs> and it's just like the look on this guy's face is just like are you serious right now yeah yeah, yeah and i think too like um natchez has a really big tourist business in there you know um with the hoop skirts mm-hmm. they call them pilgrimages i believe right Yes, yeah. when they all go to, yeah, they go on, like, the they tours go around the, yeah. of these yeah, houses. Yeah, of the antebellum houses. And I think, like, their tourist, their tourism business is able to flourish because they sell outsiders this fantasy mm-hmm. image of, look at these beautiful homes and look at the beautiful wear. They would wear the um, classic hoop skirts, yeah. too. That was their thing. And they would be really gracious hosts, and they would talk up how, um, how nice Southern hospitality is. Is, you know, and that's kind of like their way of blowing off um, how they were involved with slavery and that slavery was very much an alive industry in their town. Yeah. Um, like they're too nice to mistreat um, their servants, their right. so-called servants. And like they can't talk about slavery anyways because the tourists are come and they'll be like, well, this is impolite speech. We And why are we talking about slavery when it's over with if we keep dredging up that issue? then, you know, we're just making a problem when there isn't one, you right, know, yeah. like, and, you know, and the, the, um, the hosts too are like, yeah, well, we're trying to sell tickets and talking about slavery doesn't and make, people don't want to hear it. Yeah. Tourists don't want to hear that. Which is so sad. You know, I just feel like it's one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, if we don't talk about it, you know, it's just gonna, it'll go away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. not how this works. Yeah. You no. know, like you have to address it. You yeah. have to, you know, try and process and learn about it. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if we could ever fully understand it, but, you know, just like be, 
not ignorant about it. Yeah. You know? Discrimination absolutely isn't a thing of the past. No. Like, what he, Richard Grant, in the book says, well, yeah, there's a huge wage gap between the rich white elite and the African Americans who are barely making it by. Like, it's, li- you can literally walk around town and see the difference between the white neighborhoods and the, the black neighborhoods. You yeah. can see the divide that's been there. Yeah. Right. But we, what we have to keep it under wraps. We don't mm-hmm. want to look at the state that African Americans lifestyles are in because of because they keep being swept under the rug because we keep them out of the social circles that the rich white people are in. Yeah. Well, and it's funny to me too because you know, we'll talk about like the garden clubs in a few minutes, but there's like this big push from the garden clubs throughout the book, you know, that he talks about and they're trying to get African-American women to join the garden clubs. But the black community is like, why would we join? Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like they've like they tell them, you know, that they don't want to join. And, and like the one lady, I can't think of her name. I think I have her in my notes, but she basically says, like, I don't want to join because then I feel like almost like everyone is like looking at me right you know what i mean it's like i am the like you know the one black member Mm -hmm. you know like yay we have a black member aren't we great you know no more racism and it's like but you're not addressing the fact that yeah you have discriminated against and kept this divide in this town for so long. Yeah, because that that woman, she knows that she is inherently unwelcome in those social circles. Like, nobody wants her there except to point at her and say, we're not racist because she joined our circles and she loves it here. Yeah. Right? Because they're holding her at gunpoint to be there right. and not really examining how they are treating her in everyday um, interaction and also not examining, like, you know, what they can do to make her feel heard and welcome there. Yeah. And feeling like she deserves to be there, you know? Yeah, I think it it's really interesting the, you know, going back to um, the, you know, pageant and tableau and pilgrimages and things like that. I thought it's it, that began in the 1930s, and it was basically because the town needed money. Yeah, they said yeah. it was like the Great Depression. Right. And yeah. so like they were like, how could we, you know, squeeze all that we can out of this little town to make money? And it was the, you know, pretty antebellum houses and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And in one, you know, whenever Grant went on the pilgrimage through the town, I remember he said to get to one of the houses, he had to drive through one of the um, you know super impoverished neighborhoods and in the book he, it seemed like he kind of just like ignored it a little bit and he just drove through and he's like mm, I'm gonna like you know keep going oh, kind of put the blinders this, on right. yeah. and I'm like oh here's this pretty house let's walk through it and sort of ignore a lot of the you know black history of it and you know what I don't think he I think he talks to two or maybe three African Americans who are living in the less fortunate neighborhoods Mm -hmm. Um, I was gonna bring up James Stokes Um, he was talking about growing up in the Great Depression and how um, he and his family were like well what do you mean Great Depression why are you guys well you know the white people like it's such a huge 
huge deal for them because they're not used to living in destitute conditions. Mm -hmm. But me and my family, this is just the same as normal. Mm -hmm. Like we've been having to scrape by, you know, since, (laughs) you know, for generations. Like it's really not that different. It doesn't change the fact that we have been overwhelmingly discriminated against. It doesn't change the... It doesn't really make do such a major impact to our financial situation, like, and that's yet another reason why you know discrimination is still very much alive. It always has been. It's it hasn't been done away with with um, Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, like. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree, and I thought it was really messed up when Grant talks about how the African-American community in this town has basically been built on the site of the old slave auction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he said it was, you know, like the forks of the road is what it was known as, and it was like the second largest location, second largest slave auction in the South. And I think he even makes a comment in the book, you know, that it's like, how like crazy is it that this was a place where all this was happening and then that is the exact same location where now, you know, like the black community is being basically forced to live, yep. you know, in, yeah, you know, poverty with this divide. And it's like, and there's the one, what is it, like one plaque? Yeah. They said that, um, you know, the Sir Boxley, we'll talk about him more in a minute, but that he was able to get like a dedication and a plaque and like Grant talks about how he goes over and reads it and it's like this very small little area you know and I feel like I've seen stuff like that too you know Mm -hmm. like you drive through certain parts of town or um like New Richmond you know like you can drive through part of the historic town and just all sorts of different places I've been and it's like these itty bitty little like you almost miss them if yeah. you're not looking if you're not for them. paying attention yeah they're mm-hmm. they're just like an easy thing to like blend into the rest of the landscape yeah and i think he said that there were like like maybe shackles there something. yes and and how it took sir boxley so much work to get this actual dedication as a historic site and like registered with like the national park service and all that and that was as like that was a major accomplishment for him. You know, I think I have a conspiracy theory. I think yes. that um, <laughs> I like your silent <laughs> yes there. <laughs> I think the reason why, um, <clears throat> especially nowadays, you know, with Black Lives Matter, I think um, the garden clubs are especially resistant to keeping African Americans members outside of their clubs. Um, you know, with the rise of the talk about like racism and stuff in our nation is because they want to keep forks in the road, the small out of sight, like place museum that doesn't really have as much funding as their own antebellum house tours do. They want to continue to have that under wraps because if they bring in African-American members, they're going to start advocating pushing, talking about their own history to be included with white Natchez history that, you know, they don't want black history to be on equal standing as white history does because the white history is the sanitized, everything is beautiful and everything was nice all the time and we didn't mistreat um, the slaves that we kept. Mm -hmm. They're, They're looking at the history of the town through a very white lens. And like you said earlier, they're keeping up this image and this fantasy of 
you know, beautiful, you know, issueless antebellum life and sort of sweeping some other stuff under the rug. Because the garden clubs, that's how they get the funding to continue right. to keep those antebellum house tours up. Um, but with the forks in the road, like they don't really have a committee that can that can advertise for black history and to pull tourists there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I remember he talked about it's called like the Natchez Trails or something. And it is like a, a biracial committee um, that he talks about that are they're trying to and I think they might have they have like a couple like signs and you know things like that but yeah like you said there's you know he talks about the African American Museum and it's not you know like something that's very broadcasted mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of funding you know it's really ran volunteer based you know very small and it's just sad that that's like this whole chapter that everyone is just like you know, overseeing. And he talks about um, one of the tours during pilgrimage and how, like, one of the couples that was in the tour with him complained when they talked about the slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were like, well, we don't want to hear that. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. we're tired like, that's of hearing not why about we're here. that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think, yeah, there was, I'm trying to find it in the book, but um, the. The author actually um, interviews a couple, a, an old couple who were touring Natchez, and they're like, "Well, what do you think about Black History?" And I mean, they were going on a tirade. They were yeah. like, "Yeah, they shouldn't be talking about this at all. Like, we came here to have a good time. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be confronted with history right, like of the actual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want to feel bad. Right. <laughs> Essentially, um, we don't want to feel like um, we, like our ancestors, had a hand in this ugly history that yeah. happened." When essentially, you know, the the slaves that were, you know, bought and sold in the forks of the road, um, you know, and the, it, that history pretty much builds the white history of the whole town mm-hmm. because it was, you know, very plantation heavy and you can't have that history without the history of the slavery that went on there. And it feels like today with that tiny little monument, they're like, okay, we mentioned it. Isn't that enough? Yeah. Like, move on. Mm -hmm. Like, be happy with it. Right. You should be happy for the scraps that we throw you every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. When you kick up as much of a storm as you do. Right. But, um, and you know, like, um, ask for any more and you're just being too greedy. Right. (laughs) Essentially. Right. Well, I feel like that's how it was with the, you know, like the pageant that they talk about. And it's what, Tableau? Tableau. Right? Yes, okay. Tableau. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's like, you know, it's this whole pageant of songs and dances and, you know, reenactments of, you know, this awesome white history. Mm-hmm. And, but they don't ever talk about any of the black history. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, you know, it's almost like, okay, well, we added this little portion in. Okay, that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you should be fine now. Yeah. And it's like, no. I, yeah, I, I really think, liked um, the... I think the author, Greg Isles, mm. how he, like, at one point wrote the, like, you know, script or whatever for it, and he was like, here's the brutal truth, and everybody was like, no. Right, too no. much. Yeah. Too much. And and instead of glorifying, you know, the Confederacy and everything, he was like, here's what happened. And then they dialed that down quite a bit, 
And, you know, I, I think as far as, you know, the, the tableau goes, um, I remember him mentioning that the first one that he went to, they had, you know, African-American cast members, but there was no one in, in the audience that was, you know, African-American. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like that's almost like a sort of a protest maybe, or like a, like a, we just, we well, I don't feel like with it. I, I feel like they don't want the white people to feel good about doing this one thing after mm-hmm. how many years after the plaque in Forks of the Road. I think, too, this is why we continually have these explosions of race riots and, you know, explosions of um, the debate about racism. It's because white people, they kind of do these little things more to appease African-American people. People and get them to quiet down a little bit. And then it just it becomes this cycle of, okay, we did this little thing, so just go over there and be quiet and be happy with it, mm-hmm. and we can forget about it for a, for a time. Mm-hmm. So no. we can have some yeah. peace um, right. for not having to be confronted yeah. with it. Well, and I think, too, like I completely agree with that because it's, it's like basically they're being thrown a bone and they're supposed to be appreciative. Right. And then, you know, it's like white people tell them how they're supposed to feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yeah. like you're you're not allowed to be angry because look, we're doing this. You know, or whatever it is. Or you know, you should be happy. This mm-hmm. should be enough. And it's like you can't tell them how to feel. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. none of us know what that feels like you know mm-hmm. like I can't be like you know oh yeah I understand or I like I have no idea what it's like to be you know a black person in America mm-hmm. or in the world or anything you know like I have like I can't speak on that or how I would feel in that situation because I'm never gonna experience that situation mm-hmm. you know and I think that is a huge issue is it's like we're always trying to tell you know, any group of people that's not white, you know, whether it's women or African-Americans or LGBTQ plus or anything, you know, how they're supposed to feel and what they're supposed to think. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not how this works, you know? And like, I really appreciated Sir Boxley Mm -hmm. in the book because I feel like the author makes him out to be very like, Radical and yeah. extreme, Very aggressive. And yes, almost like he's like a bad person. I mean, he does say, you know, he's like he's very, you know, like determined and very dedicated to trying to like raise, you know, the awareness of Black history in the town. Mm-hmm. And you know, he started like the group that does the reenactment of, you know, like the African American troops. And you know, he did he got the plaque for Forks of the Road, and he's like done all these great things. But then, like we were talking about before the podcast, like he spends all this time basically talking about how yeah aggressive he is and how he he hates liberals he he's like hates a crazy old man white basically. saviors uh-huh. yeah he hates you know uncle toms mm-hmm. and all these people and like how just you know like mad he is at the world and how he takes it too far and yes. how he's way a little bit too passionate for richard grant's british sensibilities right mm-hmm. and like he just he spends so much time talking about you know how much of a problem he has with Sir Boxley's extremism, how however true that is to reality. 
at the end of it, he it's kind, it kind of comes reluctantly. He's like, oh, but, you know, eventually he persuaded me into believing all of the points that he had about it. You know, he does have a point, you know, I, but it was just kind of like he was slowly... He kind of didn't want to admit it in some way. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's yeah. maybe that's inaccurate, but well, it was just he felt because and I put this in my notes and he says Sir Boxley says that you know you're in trouble when you allow the same people who has historically oppressed you to tell your history, and so maybe he felt Grant felt you know kind of like weird about that because here you are writing a book about this town, and I mean now it's not just about. You know, the African-American community in the town, it's kind of about this whole, you know, like back and forth and how this town is stuck in the past. But also, you know, he calls it more progressive. Mm -hmm. But I feel like he talks about that a lot because, you know, it's like, well, they have an LGBTQ plus community and, you know, their mayor is gay. And I feel like he says that a lot. And I'm just like, okay, you know, like not that that's not great, but it's like, does that make them super progressive right it's like you can you can say you're progressive and liberal all you right want. but if you don't act that right, way your actions absolutely are what reflect that yeah exactly yeah and yeah i just feel like he almost makes you like he's trying to make you dislike sir boxley mm-hmm. in a yeah. way it's like yeah oh he is too much like that's too much yeah but it's like is it and I mean, like I said, I can't speak to it because I don't know. But, you know, it's like he's allowed to feel that way. He is, mm-hmm. you know, like he's allowed to be proud of his own culture, something that Grant, again, is kind of a little leery of. It, you have to you would read a, between the lines. Maybe it's reading too much into the lines. But, you know, that's the kind of sense I got. Yeah. Like and also, too, it's kind of like he felt obligated to be like, oh, but Sir Boxley has a point. Like, Sir Boxley is, was able to do, to make great strides into um, bringing up black history a little bit more um, against the comfort of the white elite. Mm-hmm. 